Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Street Text, where you can run Facebook ads that actually work. They're ready to go Facebook ads that include landing pages, text message assistance through AI, drip emails, capture forms, and best practices. Join Street Text at streettext.com. Your email inbox. Is it 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 or more? Well, imagine having it at zero. We're also inundated with email now that it's no longer about responding to everything. It's about responding only to the important things, the messages that truly matter. Enter SaneBox. Think of it as an EMT for your email. As messages flow in, SaneBox does the triage for you, sifting only the important emails in your inbox and directing all the other distracting stuff into your Sane Later folder. So you know what messages to pay attention to now and what stuff you can get to later on. It also has nifty features like the Sane Black Hole, where you can drag messages from annoying senders you never want to hear from again, and Sane Reminders to ping you if someone hasn't replied to your email by a certain date. Best of all, you can use SaneBox with any email client or phone anywhere you check your email. See how SaneBox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com slash LCA podcast today to start your free trial and get a $25 credit. That's S-A-N-E-B as in boy, O-X dot com forward slash LCA podcast. Lab Code Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a while since we have gotten on the discussion of CRMs. And it's, you know, jokingly, one of the most over-posted conversation piece on our Lab Code Agent community, but it's probably one of the least talked about on the podcast. And uh, so today... We're going to bring in one of our great friends where we're going to talk about some of the best practices, what some of the best teams are doing, some of the mindset around CRMs. And this is one you don't want to miss because here's the deal. I guarantee that a lot of the users, a lot of the audience right now, the listeners are not utilizing their CRM to its fullest if they even have one. And so you don't want to miss this one. So today we're bringing in Dan Corkill. I think I said it right. I would pronounce it Corkill, but we're just going to go with Corkill and whatever the hell it is. Let's get to the point. He is one of the founders of Follow Up Boss. You've all heard of it. Uh, One of the biggest and best CRMs in the market. And just to give it a little validity, uh, there's teams like uh, Robert Slack and Chris Lindell and the Agency Texas and Barry Jenkins and Kyle Whistle Realty and Weimer Group. I mean, and the list goes on and on and on. And I guarantee most of you have heard at least of one of those names, if not all of them, which is a pretty strong validation. Welcome to the show, my man. Uh, it's good to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Excited to be here and dig in a little bit. So let's start with this, Dan. I know a lot of our, you, unlike most of our guests, and not every, you know, a lot of times they don't know this guest. They've never met them before. And I think a lot of people might know you, but I doubt they go into the background of you like I do on the podcast. So let's start with 
Uh, tell our audience about yourself, where you're from, and then what kind of led you to where you are today in the business? Cool. Yeah. So a lot of people ask me, you know, because we have a real estate CRM, like, did you used to be a real estate agent? And yeah, funnily enough, like, no, I didn't. So I grew up in Australia and was always interested in business. Like my dad had a small business, you know, I did like kind of like a finance degree at university. So, you know, I had a little bit of background there. Uh, out of university, I got into like a finance job and I just hated it. Like I just, you know, I hated just being in the office every day. This is, I mean, this is not the most exciting finance type job you could have either. And yeah, I just wanted to go in a bit of a different direction. So, you know, I started learning a bit more about like entrepreneurship and online marketing and things like that. So the next few jobs I had were really either helping small businesses or, you know, working on online marketing uh, for, you know, for companies. And then eventually after just a little bit of doing that, like, I guess, like a lot of people listening, you know, I had this itch to start my own business. I didn't really want to work for anyone else. And, um, you know, I ended up teaming up with my co-founder and, you know, we, we had this idea to start a software company and yeah, we kind we kind of just went for it. We ended up talking to a lot of real estate people in the U S cause we, we realized we're going to have to like niche down on like, you know, who we're talking to and who we're helping. And this was about 10 years ago. And we, we ended up talking to a lot of real estate people that were just like, you know, I'm starting to buy a lot of online leads from sites like Zillow and, you know, uh, realist.com and then obviously Google ads and things like that. But they had no real way to like bring them all into one place automatically and track them. And just, you know, a lot of the things that follow up bus helps with. So yeah, we kind of stumbled into it. I'm from Australia originally, but you know, it's, um, we just found there's just like this massive need over here for, you know, software and systems to help with this kind of stuff. I love it. So backtrack, what year was it that you guys decided to start this? Yeah. So 2011 was really when we, when we started it and the first year, you know, we weren't, we didn't really have many customers. We're still trying to work out what we were doing, right. The first six months is really a lot of research and just building the, the, you know, the foundations of the software, but uh, more towards the end of, I guess, 2011, we started to get a few people on the platform, you know, 2012 started to get a few more people and some of these early adopters like a Robert Slack and people like that. And, um, you know, then we really just grew from there. And, you know, you joke about like, you know, in lab coats, you, people are always asking what CRM to use. I'm so glad they do. Cause like, that's really like word of mouth is like our main for sure. Like where we get most of our customers and people just we're lucky enough to have some happy customers that recommend this as well. I love it. And it's funny that you mentioned that because most people complain about it. They complain as if, oh, it's the question that's always asked. It's, it's, it's refreshing to hear somebody say, I actually enjoy it uh, because the reality is, I mean, that site is so diluted uh, with content that, you know, if that's all you're seeing, it just means the algorithm, that's all the algorithm is showing you. There's 10 million other posts. Uh, but it is so freaking important because, I mean, you know, I don't have the data in front of me, but how many real estate agents are there in the United States? And how many of them do you think are actually effectively using a CRM? And I don't know if you have an answer to this, but my guess is it's just the best of the best. Uh, and there's, there's, a, there's, there's a correlation there. They're the best of the best because they're the ones fully using and effectively using their CRMs. Do you have any data that, that speaks to that? Yeah, I don't have any like exact numbers, but I think you're right. I mean, I think one thing is with any business, right? you can, if you just want to be one person, it's, you can kind of get by with just no systems really. Like, you know, I just remember what I need to do or write it on a, a whiteboard or a pen. And that, that works great when you're one person, but a lot of these, you know, if you are planning to grow, you have to start implementing software and systems and things like that. So that's, you know, we have, 
um, a lot of teams using our platform, but also single agents. And I do think a lot of people for sure pay for CRMs like Follow Boss and lots of others, and they don't utilize them. They don't. But again, I think it's it's, it's a little bit of like, what are you trying to do? Because maybe maybe it's enough for what you're trying to do. And what I would ask, like, or what I think should be discussed more is like people go in and throw that generic question in lab code agents, like what, what CRM should I use? And it just, it, there's no context, right? Like are you trying to build a, like a mega operation, like a Robert Slack with like a thousand agents? And, Cause you need, you need to do something very different to like, if you're just a you know husband and wife team and you're happy with the size of your business. And that's awesome as well. If that's your goals, that's perfect. But maybe also you're this husband and wife team and you want to grow to 10 buyers agents. Cause now you guys are so busy because of like the great service and everything you provide. And so again, like that's a bit of a different answer just if you're a single agent and, and you're not really looking to grow a team. So. Yeah. I love that. And, and here's the thing you mentioned, you know, a CRM being used to scale, which is true, but here's, here's another mindset. Even if you are that single agent and, and maybe you don't even buy leads, but you still get leads. I don't, we're all human. Like things happen. Uh, my daughter was up all night last night throwing up. That threw me off today, right? And, and I, then I'm going to forget about things. What about just quality of life? What about just having a CRM? Even if you only have one or two leads every single month, but we all know that when you get handed a lead, whether you bought it or you would give it, get, you know, got it from a neighbor or a colleague, they're probably not always right there ready to buy or sell right then and there. And if you have the proper systems to dump them into. So then you drip on them. How about just quality of life? Like I can go on vacation and I can have a bad day and I don't have to worry about my systems doing what it's supposed to do. Why don't people talk about that as much as they do just like the whole scaling piece of it? Yeah, no, I love that different perspective and mindset because um, I think someone, a real estate coach that talks about it a lot for single agents is Darren Persinger to check out his content. He has a lot of good stuff around this. I think there's not as many people talking about it from the, the tech or the vendor side, because there's more, honestly, it's just, it's more profitable to sell to, to, to really large teams. I mean, the, the single agent has a, lo, a much lower budget. And I, so I think that's why there's a lot of like education, even like people selling coaching and stuff like that, they're going to go after these, these bigger things. So that's, that's what I like about what Darren's doing, but no, you're exactly right is if you're a single agent, what you need to be thinking is not just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not building a team. And, and if you've made that choice, I just want to be a really productive agent and make a lot, sell a lot of homes and make a lot of money. Like that's a great goal as well. Yeah. But then it's like, well, then how can you get technology and leverage it? So, you know, obviously you can make calls one-to-one, but if you're email marketing effectively to like 5,000 people at once, you know, we can leverage things like the same as like, obviously this podcast or videos and stuff like that. Like you want to go one to many and that really lets you leverage your time. So, you know, that might be more time with your family or, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's not just for scaling. Like it's, you you can really use tech as a single agent as well. So love it. Love it. So let's, let's digress for a second. Let's talk about some of the reasons why, and then we kind of mentioned a couple right now, but what would you say are probably the three biggest reasons why someone needs a CRM? Yeah, I would say number one, it's it's building a database, which is an asset, right? Like, so any business, like you want to be building this database over time because again, like, yeah, you could get by with just having it in your phone contacts and all this kind of stuff, but realistically, then you're not going to be able to do things like retargeting, things like email marketing, like all these sort of things, which again, like give you leverage. So I, I just think like, that's like a, 
um, like that's just a mindset thing. You got to be thinking about how do I build an asset over time? Like it's, it's, it's like money in the bank. It's like every contact you put in your database is worth something. So yeah, I, I think that's, that's one big reason. And then I think, yeah, too, I kind of just said it then, but like, then you can start using some of these strategies like email marketing or retargeting, um, even just being organized with like, yeah, with last time you talked to someone, things like that. So, you know, I think that's the second one. And then third, I would say like beyond just being a database, like, you know, we, tr we do a lot of things in other CRMs as well to actually make your workflow better. So like when I started this business, I like had a Skype window open and then I had like, you know, another database and then I had all these things here. But obviously now the like dialers are built directly into CRMs. So again, like that can just be something where you're way more organized, you're way more productive, um, you know, in the times you are in front of your computer and like prospecting or making calls. I love, I love that. And what is the stat? I was going to look it up. There, there's a stat that about customers, like a consumer and how often they use the same agent that they used on their next transaction or how, how often they hear from them. What are, what are the, what does the data say about something like that? Yeah. I don't have it to hand, but it's pretty bad. Right. Like I think it's something like, like I'm thinking like one in five people use the same person again. Yeah. yeah and it's, don't quote me on that. Like we'll look it up, but I wanted to say it was like 80%. So you're probably right. Like 80% never hear from the agent who they bought or sold their home with. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, freaking uh, nuts, man. It's crazy. And I think, well, basically we went to a conference. I think it was, I mean, it was quite a, few, a long time ago, like eight years ago or whatever. They, they brought some recent home uh, buyers on stage and they asked them these questions. Like, how did you feel about the process and everything like that? You know, every single one I said the process was great. They really liked what the agent did. And then they asked about after the transaction and they all just said like, yeah, the agent disappeared and that they basically, they kind of felt a bit bad about it. Cause like, it was like, once they got the commission check, they disappeared. And then all of them are like, my friends are buying, you know, like they're buying right now. So I think some of them may have still referred, but a lot of them are just like, well, why do I need a refer? Like, it seems like the relationship's over. So I don't even think it's about thinking about the next seven years. Like, honestly, think about the next six months after someone bought. And uh, like, I bought a house for the first time, like, last year. And I think, yeah, I think you've just got to find some touch points. You know, there's so many things where I'm just walking around my house and like, Oh, you know, like we had this ice storm in Texas. Now I got to get my heater fixed and you know, all this stuff. And it's like, you know, these are just things that you can do. You can check in with people. I, I just think there's so many things around the home that people actually need help with. Like I need to know who are the vendors that I should be using. Right. I love it. I love it. So you know, I mentioned in the beginning and we mentioned this off, off the, um, off air before we went live was kind of the mindset around, you know, a customer, a, you know, a CRM, a customer relationship manager, by the way, it's, that's what it stands for. Customer relationship manager for those that actually didn't even know that. What is the mindset around I, you know, we, we've, we've touched on this a little bit, but you mentioned this. And so I want to kind of get your take just kind of generally speaking uh, so we can, hopefully get more people that are sitting on the sidelines to realize the importance of having one. Cause just my opinion, I've been around this business for over 20 years, everybody, I don't care if you're a single agent closing two deals a year or, you know, Robert Slack, 
you should have a CRM. I think you're absolutely nuts. You nuts not to have one. Uh, but what what you know, kind of what are the what are the general mindsets around them? Yeah, I think again, it kind of goes back to like you're building this asset and like what's the point of just having like this piece of technology? I think you've got to think about like how can I reach more people? You know, so it's like you want to build relationships with people over time. I don't really like the, you know, that the super formal name, it makes it sound very corporate, right? But it's like the more people who know who Jeff is, the more people that are going to do business with you. And basically, you know, the less people, well, you know, there's going to be less business. So it's a way you start getting organized. You start, you know, tracking those relationships. And again, like leveraging through, you know, things that are one to many, like email marketing versus just, you know, to just getting a referral and then, you know, you work with that buyer and then, you know, there's no proper follow-up like you got to. So like next time they go to buy or refer, like they don't even really think of you. So yeah, I, I mean, I think you just, you need to think of it as like you're investing in. And then, you know, I, I think like when, I, when we got started with this business, what you generally have is a lot of time and not a lot of money, right? I, there's most people that starting business, unless it's, you know, you've had multiple exits or successful businesses before. So again, it's like with very little money, you can start um, building a database, doing things like email marketing, practically free, um, you know, creating videos again, practically free and yeah, just, just, just bringing it all together, I guess. I love that. I love that. I, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm reading stats as we go. And I actually, I want to mention what you said just a little while ago, which one of one of my favorite quotes is, you know, own attention, own the market. Uh, and that's just a fact. So whether it's, you know, through social media, through email marketing, through a CRM, own attention and own the market. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game changer for your business. Uh, but uh, here's a statistic. It says that uh, 50% of sales, I don't know how accurate this is or, or um, if, if it's a little bit older because I'm not doing that much research on it, but 50% of the sales will go to the first person to make contact with them. And the agent that makes at least six follow-ups now increases their chances to 90% or higher of converting that lead. That's freaking powerful. And the truth is how many people are actually doing six follow-ups organically without having a system or automation in place? Yeah, it's crazy. I love it. I think sometimes we overthink things like what are all these advanced strategies I need? And I think of it like advanced strategies are like the icing on the cake, but the cake is things like responding fast. Right. And like, you know, just from the consumer mindset, like if there's when they have a problem, they just want it solved as fast as possible. Like if you're, you know, like, let's say like a pipe is broken in your house. You're just going to like, whoever gets back to you first and can come and fix it first, you're going to hire that plumber. Right. And so not that, you know, I'd say like real estate is a higher stakes game, but again, as long as people can trust you and you know, all that kind of stuff, people don't want to be shopping for a real estate agent for six months. Right. Like once they find someone they think they can work with and trust, they're going to pick the first person. And if there's multiple people, yeah, they'll probably still pick the first person. So yeah, that, that's just a crazy thing, which I don't think is ever going to change. Like, are, are people ever going to want like slower service or anything like that? Like, no, like not really. So yeah, that speed to lead is, is always a thing. And, and funny story about Rob Slack, I think for like pretty much like the first eight years, like people would always ask him like, what's your secret? What's your secret? What's your secret? And like, it just, yeah, but I think for like the first eight years, it was like, just call people as fast as possible. We call them in like less than 20 seconds. And it's like, it's so simple, but it's very hard to do, right? Because if you're, 
you know, again, a single agent, or even if you've got a team, you need to have some kind of systems in place. And so that's where things that can help are like, you know, an automatic text autoresponder when, when an inquiry comes in that can respond, you know, instantly for you. Cause maybe you're in a meeting already, or, you know, you're picking someone up uh, or something like that. So um, that's where technology comes in a little bit, but again, it's like, that can only get you so far. If that person wants to talk to you, like you do need to be available and, and ready to respond. Otherwise probably your competitor is right. hundred percent, hundred percent. Another stat I want to share is that uh, a couple of stats, actually 91% of our current and past customers say they would give a referral but only 11% of agents ever ask for the referral, which I think also probably means actually follow up with their customers. 91% want to use you again, but only 11% actually do. That's just, let's, let's just cut it. That's fucked up. That's terrible, man. I mean, this industry needs to do better. And that's what, you know, platforms like follow up bus do for you one more. Cause I do want to get technical and I want you to, to talk more about, you know, the, the technicals of what you, what someone should be doing with their CRM each, each year agents lose roughly 14% of their customers. So they each year you're losing 14% of your customers. You just do the math, do the math. You're losing customers every year. It depends how much business you're doing. But if you had 10 customers, you're losing 1.4 of them every single year. You shouldn't lose anybody if you have a good CRM, uh, unless you just had a bad deal or you screwed up. But outside of that, so uh, what, what is your take on, on those, two, those two stats? I know I'm just feeding you here because these are good. <laughs> this is good data. But no, I love the referrals thing. I mean, I think, again, it's like your Zillow profile with all your referrals up there or wherever you're getting those referrals online, Google or whatever that's another asset, right? So you got to be thinking like that's a digital asset. There shouldn't be anyone you work with that you don't get an online review for. <laughs> like I would be literally going to people's houses to like, yeah, like let's do this review thing now. Right. Like, I mean, but I think before that you could, that's the kind of thing you can just track in a CRM. Like, Oh, cool. We, we close this client. Have they left a review? And that can just be a tag in any kind of system that you're using could be a, even a spreadsheet or whatever, but just, you just tag them needs review. And then once they've left a review online, you can get rid of that. And, you know, I think you know, you're also talking about referrals there. So it could be a similar thing, like check in, are they, would they be happy to refer? Um, what I've seen some of our teams do is they, so the buyer works with the agent and then the team leader sends them an email to say, Hey, look, I just wanted to check in, make sure everything went well in the transaction. If there's any feedback you have on what we could be doing better, uh, please let me know. And I think those kind of things, like, cause that, that, that does two things. Like most people are happy, but then sometimes there are issues and they bring them up and then those issues can get resolved. Right. So that then that person can still be an advocate and still be happy. And then it's also feedback for the agent. Cause it's like, Hey, you know, you said you did a really good job with this client, but did you know, like what they told me was they weren't happy with this part of it. Right. So I think that's the kind of stuff you can do or, or almost everyone should be doing. It's such like a high, high stakes transaction, it's, I mean, a more corporate thing you call it like quality control or whatever, right? But it's, you know, that's, so, so that's one strategy I think people can use. I love it. Let's talk about, let's talk more specifically about what makes follow-up boss unique and what makes it so popular. Why are the big boys using it? Uh, so let's talk about how the, kind of how the system works. Tell us, tell us more about that. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, just to start like with a little bit of the you know, I guess how we're different. So a lot of like when we came into the market and there's still a lot of like all in one systems where 
essentially what they do is, you know, they, they give you some great, a great website and they do your Google ads for you and they give you a CRM. Uh, we kind of came in with a little bit of a different mindset. And I think this is just from some of my online marketing background is like, I knew people were going to have many different sources. Like they, they weren't just going to rely on Google ads. Cause that's a very risky thing to do because, you know, over time the cost goes up because more people do it. And then Google can just shut your account at any time, right? The same as any platform. So, you know, what we, we took a bit of a different approach and we're like, we're just going to build the CRM and the sales tech piece. And we're going to focus on making that really good rather than trying to also build you a website, which is really hard because there's so many different MLSs in the, you know, in the United States. And um, yeah, so that, that's what we did. I think also because of that, that meant we weren't competing with a lot of other companies. Like we're not competing for your ad dollars with Zillow or with Google or with Facebook or anything. So we could really go out to a lot of people and partner with them that, you know, it's a little bit harder if you're also trying to capture people's marketing budget. So that's, that's, I guess, a little bit of what makes us different. And then for those big guys, uh, I think what really starts to become very important as you scale is you need to have really solid integrations. So you need it to integrate with all your other tech. And again, like that's a little bit harder if you're working with a company that uh, has traditionally tried to do everything themselves. Like they would just want to have you in their ecosystem and they want you to buy everything from them. That just becomes a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And so let's talk about, you know, cause again, I, I always try to put myself in the place of obviously if, uh, you know, Barry Jenkins is listening, I doubt he is. If you are, hi Barry. Um, but you know, he knows this system very well. And we're talking to uh, the people, which hopefully there's a lot of realtors that aren't using CRMs right now and know they need them or they're using another CRM. So let's talk about, you know, what is the process? So let's just say somebody's like, all right, I hear it all the time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know I need it. Fine. I'll do it. I'm going to call Dan. I'm going to do it. What, 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 what's entailed? What do I have to do to get set up? Yeah, that's a great question. How labor intensive is it? <laughs> I, I would say, you know, you kind of have to have, again, like this very clear goal where you want to go again, right? Because like we, again, it's sort of like going to the gym. You kind of need to know what your goals are. You can just go there and like do some stuff and there's a lot of machines, but like you kind of want to know where you want to go. And so I think the better you can just come in there with clarity, like this is what I want to sell this year. Do I want to build a team? Do I not want to build a team? That's just really going to help us help you, right? Because the clearer you are, that the more we're going to be able to help like assist you. But th from there, I think it's just, it's generally like getting all your contacts organized. So if they live somewhere else right now in a spreadsheet or another CRM, it's, it's bringing that data into the system, which is honestly, I think it's something which sounds scarier than it is. Like we have an import tool and other CRMs do as well. So, you know, you want be, basically you want to make this as your hub, right? So obviously you want to bring all the contacts in so they can be in that one place. So then you can start to track them and, you know, do email marketing, all this kind of stuff. I think from there, it diverges a little bit. Like, again, if you're paying for online leads, what's going to become really important is that we make sure that you've got automatic action plans and we're automatically routing those leads to the right people. So that's typically what we focus on first with people that are paying for online leads and just making sure they're getting the right like cadence of follow-up and things like that. For the single agent that's maybe not spending as much on online marketing, I, I would be looking at things like how can I start doing like a bi-weekly email newsletter and how can I be making some videos which, you know, are getting reused between social and my newsletter and things like that. So I think, yeah, if you're in that situation, again, your leverage is, your time, like if you're not investing a lot of money, you can make up for that and even do a better job 
just by investing your time in creating content and, you know, adding value to your database, essentially. How, uh, how much content or how much data do I need to import in order for it to be effective name, phone number, email, like what all, what all information do I, as the agent need to be collecting? Yeah, that's, that, that's like the basic contact information. Any, uh, the other things you want to be putting in there is just some more context about the person. So if you do have any notes, you know, you would definitely import those. And then at the high level, you probably really want to, uh, set like, is this a past client, right? So you can treat your past clients a bit different from, you know, your leads or people in your sphere. So at the high level, you want to do some of that categorization. And again, like, that's where I think some people just get like, oh man, Dan, this sounds like so much work. And like, I'm busy and I'm trying to manage these three deals. I'll just do it later. And so my advice would just be like, kind of start small. Like let, maybe we, let's just like make sure all your past clients are tagged and we know who they are. And then let's make sure to like, at least every three months you're checking in, you're adding some value for them. Because again, like we just talked about, like a lot of those people you're going to lose if you don't stay in touch with them somehow. So um, yeah, I would start there. Like they're some of your highest value relationships and um, the more data you can bring in the better, but yeah, just at least some basic context of who that person is. Let's, let's talk about cadence. Uh, you guys are the experts. You've built this thing. You watch, you see, you've got all of these, uh, these test cases uh, what's the proper cadence for a, a new lead, whether whether it's, like I said, a, a, a church referral or it's coming in from a Zillow or an RDC? What's the proper cadence on follow up? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the nuance there is the type of lead. Right. So like you said, like maybe it's this referral from church. That's, that's going to be very like, you know, just high touch personal follow-up. You're not going to be putting that person on the drip, right? Unless maybe you lose contact with them or something, but you know, that's, that's going to be you calling them and texting them, emailing them, following up personally. The other camp, the next one I would say is like a hot inquiry. So that's someone that actually wants to talk to an agent. So maybe they went on Zillow, they clicked your name and they're like, Hey, yes, I want to talk to Jeff right now. And for that, the most important thing is going to be your speed of follow-up, right? So getting in touch with them very quickly. If you don't get in touch with them, that's when you're going to want to start to look at some cadence over the next, you know, two weeks. And I think there, there's, there's different, you know, I would say do as much as you can, really. I, I think the main thing you want to be doing is making sure that you're messaging it from a place of value versus just like, you know, just, yeah, it's kind of like the sales follow-up you get that you don't feel good about where you're just like, I'm, I'm tired of this. Like this person just seems like they're in it for what they want instead of like trying to try and help me with my inquiry. But I think for that one, again, like you, you need to be really fast. Like that's, that's the main thing. And that's going to increase your contact rate like dramatically. And then the, th the throw category is really like the, the more long-term nurture. So that's more like the, the lead that comes in from Facebook. They register in, on your website. They didn't actually make an inquiry. They don't actually want to talk to someone. Like they just registered because they had to, to see more houses on your website. And so that's more of the long-term nurture. And I think things there where it's like, that's going to be less aggressive at the start. Cause again, like they're just looking, maybe they're um, six months out, 18 months out. Like it's hard to really say like there's, there's so much variance. And that's when I think, Again, like that's where some of the strategies like the email marketing, the retargeting, more of the mass things, what you really want to do is start to look for signals uh, that, that would indicate it would be a good time to reach out. So instead of you're building this database and basically like you're seeing those people over time, open your emails or come back, you prioritize those people up 
And then the people maybe that just aren't interested at all or aren't looking at anything, you know, those are a little bit less priority in terms of who you're following up with personally. I like that. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but you kind of broke that into three different categories. It was the, it was the warm lead that came from somewhere that was like a church or a neighbor or a family member, right? Which is you're saying that type of lead should really be almost all organic touching. Like you should be doing the touching, not dropping them. You shouldn't take, you shouldn't depersonalize it by putting them in a CRM. Yeah, hundred percent. I would put them in there, but yeah, I would, I would make sure that it's very personal. And again, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to depersonalize that. That's good. That's good advice. And then there's the lead that comes from a platform like a Zillow. So for example, in other words, they're clearly going to Zillow, not looking for shoes. Uh, they went there with intent to look at homes. Therefore it's more of a middle or bottom of funnel lead. And so uh, your cadence is speed number one. Uh, but then how much and how often are you following up with that lead in your opinion? And I know there's a million different ways to do this, but what do you see that works the best? That's what I want to get out of you. Yeah. I, I think more is better. And just, it, it's, it's not, it's, it's more important to do it on the first few days. So again, it's like, just thinking about the person, it's, it's like as fast as possible. And then if you miss them, like, how can we really stay on top of it? The other thing to think about there is when they're on Zillow or realtor.com, they're, they're very likely contacting other people, right? So you haven't really captured that person yet. And that's why I think you've really got to be as aggressive as possible early on and just, just, yeah, find a way to get in touch with them. And I think, yeah, I, I mean, just as much as you can do, basically have some, have some automation mixed in with, personally calling them and texting them, reaching out. So some phone calls, some texts, some emails is, is there any amount that's too much? So, you know, you say day one, you get lead, you contact them within the first few minutes, probably a phone call. Okay. They don't answer. You send a text. What, what do you say? An hour later, two hours later, let's give them, let's give them some context here. Yeah. I would send a text right away as well to say, Hey, Both. look, I missed. Yeah. I missed you. Yeah. I just wanted to check in. Yeah, you can send another text in an hour or so. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that'll make sense. Like, I think it's just, again, it's like some some of it's contextual. Like, I mean, how, how can you help that person in an hour? You just, you want to make sure it's not coming across as just like- Pushy sales. Yeah, exactly. Like, but yeah, I think, I think it's legitimate. I mean, I think you've just got to, you've just got to have that messaging a little bit dialed. So you're not just, yeah, you're not just reaching out and it, it sounds inorganic. Again, like they're going to, the closer you are to the inquiry, also they remember why you're reaching out, right? I've got this, this sales guy I had to block the other day because like he kind of got my number from someone who was like affiliated with that business, but it wasn't the exact business. And I wasn't interested And this dude was so aggressive. He just kept calling me. And then he was messaging me like, you know, kind of like I was doing something wrong. And then it was like, just you know like that 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 comes across as pushy salesperson and that you know that's the person who people just feel bad about so I, I, like practically just messaging is like hey i just want to make sure you you know how how can i help you right like making sure everything is about service to them instead of just about like we need to get on a phone call right because no one even wants to get on phone calls a lot of the time right so how was it awesome Good. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, you'd ask them what, what they would prefer, right? Would you prefer to get on a call? Do you want to keep it text for now? You know, is email better for you? Because some people are working. They don't want to be on a phone call, right? That's a simple question that will incite a response. Uh, but that's good because you're getting quality, a quality, you know, quality information that you need. So, you know, and, you know, they might just say, leave me alone. Well, okay, then fine, you know. 
right? And then you can put them in a long-term nurture. And hey, if they don't unsubscribe, who knows? Maybe they'll reach out to you a year from now. My next question was going to be, you know, when you say bring value, I know what that means, but I'm not going to assume that everybody knows what that means. The same, the same thing applies. We talk about this on social media, lab code agents all the time. A lot of people don't understand the concept of bringing value. They just can't get out of their own way. They want to sell. So when you say bring value, when it comes to follow-up, give me uh, one or two examples of a really good value. Not, not uh, hey, what's the best way to reach you? Text, phone call, email, whatever. But what's another way that you see that's very effective that you can bring value to somebody when it comes to follow-up? Yeah, I would say like local information and just... So let's say like, for example, I bought a house in B cave uh, in Austin, right? So if there's someone making a video saying, Hey, here's all the places in Austin where you might want to live. And this is the reasons why, and that's where you're sort of uniquely positioned to talk about that. Um, with our agent actually that we work with, we didn't know what area we wanted to live in. So they're actually kind enough to show us some different areas and talk about each one. Um, they did that personally. They drove us around, but that also could have been a video, right? So so there's someone in your database, again, like these people, they're in there for a reason. They are at least looking at buying homes, right? Even if some of them are not going to buy, most of them probably eventually will buy a house. And so I, that's what educating people is generally a, a really great way to bring value. And so you can even just, yeah, talk about what's happening in the market now. Like obviously the market right now is, is completely crazy in Austin and a lot of places in the country with low inventory, right? So again, I would talk about like what you're seeing day to day because I think the thing we forget is like, it's all like super normal for the people who do it, you know? So, so it's like, you know, you may think it's not that interesting, but the person buying their house for the first time or the, even the third time, they don't get to see the same real estate world you see. So like try and uh, like bring it, make it contextual for them. Like don't, don't bore them with like, yeah, I don't know, super realtor specific terms, but like, what does this mean for them? Right. So like, you know, what does this crazy market in Austin mean for you? Right. Generally it means their house went up in value. That's good. Right. So like kind of, I, I just think educating people is, is what they need at that stage. Right. Like, especially like first time home, first time home buyers, which I was, I, I didn't really know anything about the process. I'm just luckily I got a good agent who <laughs> helped me through it. But I think that, that that's the kind of things you could be doing. You could be talking about, so if this is your first house you're going to buy, obviously they're going to need to get some kind of financing. So again, you could talk about, well, what are the kind of things you would be doing to prepare for that? You know, do you want me to get you in touch with a lender? Because we have someone we work with closely. And again, like, I think video though, like honestly, because people can then see you, hear you, they start to build some of that trust. I would try and deliver as much of that as possible through, through video. I love that. And that's where I wanted to go next um, as we kind of wind down here. And that is what you just mentioned to me. I don't think a lot of people and anybody who's, who's stuck with us this long, you're in luck because we're going to, I'm going to give you a really good idea. Um, and that is when I think of CRMs, when I think of follow-up, uh, because I've done a lot of this over the years in our space, it, it is the phone call. It is the text message. How can I help you? It is the email just checking in, but it's not what you just described. And I think of FAQs, like frequently asked questions. So think, put yourself in the mind, you know, assuming you have a little bit of experience, put yourself in the mind of all of the different buyers you've had over the years, the different inquiries you've had, people that are moving to your city. Okay, create 10, 15, 20 videos that can, that can be the start of your YouTube channel, by the way, uh, and create a playlist around the city. 
things to do, places to live, why you want to live in this county versus that county, what the school, you know, maybe and make it very general, but think about all that content you create that are FAQs. And then, like you said, you could create another playlist all about the process. So it's somebody who's lived in, in Austin all their lives, but they're a new, they're a first time home buyer. So you can create a video with your lender about things they need to know. You can create one with a title rep, things they need to know. You can create one with an inspector, with an appraiser, like all this content that now is evergreen and you can use it forever. And now you've also got this just, so you're going to, it's going to take some time and some money to create some good stuff, but create all these FAQs and then just put it in a library, set it in. Cause I think people think about that strategy. You brought this up and I love that you did because they think about that. They create the video, they either post it to YouTube or they do one of two things. They also post it to Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And then it's just gone, right? It's just, it was just a video that I created. But if you guys think, and by you guys, I'm talking to your listeners. If you think about your videos as something that you could be using with your CRM, individualized, or you could even use this as content to blast out to your entire audience to grow your YouTube channel. Hey, check this out. If you like it and you want more, smash that like button, right? I mean, there's so many things you could do with this by using your CRM. Dude, that's, that's awesome, man. And it's, that's not like rocket science, but um, admittedly, yeah. I, I don't think like that. It's no, I think that's, you just reminded me, like, that's one of the best things I recommend people to do when they get started with us we give you some action plans, but if you can take some of those personal videos you just talked about making and put them in the action plans that new leads get, because again, they think about that. Every new lead is then going to get some videos from you where they see you, they hear you, they start to build Game that trust. Changer, man. Yeah. Versus just text, right? Like text. It's hard to build this kind of face-to-face -face relationship over that. I love it, man. I love it. So let's, let's wrap up. I want you to have some parting thoughts, but before we do, First of all, followupboss.com. You should go there and check it out. I mean, the things that they do for you and your business, uh, which is pretty much integrating uh, with pretty much everybody. They can pull in leads from damn near anywhere. They they have a dedicated onboarding team that's going to help you get this set up. They have pre-written drip campaigns and action plans. So if you are coming in blind, like I have no idea, you guys are going to help them do that. You know, you're basically, you guys, you guys, obviously you're going to set up the automation. You sync with Gmail, Office 365. You can sync with Google Calendar. Uh, you have seven days support. It's, you've got an app for both Android and iOS. I mean, I mean, what, what don't you do, I guess, is probably a better question, really. And then some parting thoughts for our audience. Yeah, we, we don't do websites or marketing. That's where we're going to plug into everything you do. But um, yeah, man, thanks. Thanks a lot. We're, uh, you know, I'm just excited. Like wherever you guys want to grow your business. I mean, if we can help you, we'd love to. I think, you know, it's an exciting time. I mean, there's a lot of big tech companies out there, you know, trying to own the real estate world, you know, where our goal was to partner with real estate agents and help you grow your business. And I would just think, yeah, where do you guys want to be in three, four or five years? And like, if we can help you get there or, you know, in any way, uh, shape or form, we'd love to. But I, I think if, even if you don't use us, just think about where you want to be. And then how can you start really building your brand, you know, getting more people to know you, like we talked a lot about in this video and, um, you know, just having some defensible moat as well. So, that, you know, you're not out there in five years, just trying to buy leads from, cause, cause no one knows you, right? Like you, you want to have as many people as possible in your mark market know who you are and yeah be referring to you 
I love it, man. And this, and there's, there's multiple plans from a single user all the way up to uh, enterprise, which is 30 plus users, tons of options. What is the best way for them to, I, I already mentioned followupboss.com. What is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah. Um, if you want to get in contact with our team, just the website for sure. There's a free trial there. Um, but if you want to get in contact with me, just Dan, D-A-N at followupboss.com. Shoot me a message and uh, yeah, love to chat. I love it. Check it out. And you know what you should do also? Um, you should go to Lab Code Agents and don't ask what's the best CRM. Say, I just listened to the Lab Code Agents podcast about follow-up boss. Give me some real feedback. Listen, nobody in Lab Code Agents is getting paid by follow-up boss. You're going to get real feedback from agents good and potentially bad, hopefully not a whole lot bad, but you know, that's the best place to go. And, and again, I have zero skin in this game, but here's what I do know. All of those names that I mentioned in the beginning, uh, the Robert Slacks and the Barry Jinksons and the Kyle Whistles, man, those, those are friends of mine in the industry and they're freaking whales. Like these guys and gals are crushing real estate. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if they're, if, if they're doing it well and they're using a system like follow-up boss, maybe just maybe you should think about emulating them. Dan, I really appreciate you being on today, dude. This is good, man. It's good to have these conversations. I don't have them very often on the, on the podcast. Like, like I mentioned earlier, uh, followupboss.com, Dan at followupboss.com. Is that what you said for the email? Yeah. It's awesome. I appreciate you. Where are you at on social? Where do you spend your time? Uh, we, we have a Facebook owners community. That's probably where I am a lot of the time business wise, not so much on Twitter. I, I, I am very passive on Instagram. You can find me Dan Corky on Instagram. I don't really post much. I mostly just uh, lose time looking at all the people I follow. Right. So uh, yeah, if you're, if you're a customer, join our owners community. Um, otherwise, yeah, you can just add me personally on Facebook as well. I, I respond to messages there a little bit slow, but you know, do get back to them. So yeah. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Jeff. I really appreciate it. I love it. I just followed you on Instagram. So really more for you to then nice. turn around and stalk me because I do post a lot. So my wife has like 200,000 followers. I think I got like 300. So, you know, I've got to catch up. Dude, that's awesome. What does your wife do? <laughs> uh, she, she didn't like healthy food nice. posting and stuff like that. Yeah. I love it, man. That's awesome. That's, that's great, dude. So awesome stuff, dude. I appreciate you being on today. Look forward to seeing you in the community and uh, you keep doing awesome things, man. Thanks. Listen, we know that email is a soul-crushing distraction. That's why we believe in SaneBox. SaneBox's artificial intelligence monitors your inbox. Automatically, knucklehead email is moved to your Sane Later folder. All that's left is the important stuff and your smiles. If you know how email folders work, then you know how SaneBox works. Find an email in the wrong folder, just move it. Nothing to learn, nothing to install, SaneBox works directly with every single email server or service that has ever been created. So you can hire someone on a salary to monitor your email, or you can use your free two-week trial and a $25 credit by visiting SaneBox.com forward slash LCA podcast today. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X.com forward slash LCA podcast. Podcasts.